fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. are here. Melody Akles, welcome. Hey, hey. No grand entrance this week. Actually on time. No, honey. My entrance is always grand. Okay. So okay. Dan. Shade. Dan Pierce, welcome. Oh, my God. Hola. What's up? And Craig Peters, welcome. Hey, Luke. Well, last Sunday was the Super Bowl, which means that there were tons and tons of trailers, and we're going to discuss some of them. Stranger Things 2 released a trailer, but we have to wait till Halloween to see it, to see the actual series. There was a new Pirates trailer, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer. We've also had an Iron Fist trailer this last week. If there's any others that you want to discuss, feel free to jump in. I did see on Facebook of all places, uh, it wasn't like a trailer, but it was like a behind the scenes of where they're talking about uh, the Avengers Infinity War, uh-huh. where they're going to bring in the Guardians of the Galaxy characters now. And it was really awesome. The I one the one with there. Chris Pratt, uh, Robert Downey mm-hmm. Jr., and yes. the guy who plays Spider-Man, whose name escapes me at the moment, Holland? Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland. Well, at least I got the last name, 50% there. What did you think of that, Dan? I loved it. I absolutely could not get enough of it. Kevin uh, Feige, I believe is his name, as well as the Russo brothers discussing the whole thing. And we got photos of, um, you know, Thanos and Rocket next to Thor. It's it's going to be fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to it. And it kind of leans into the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 trailer that mm-hmm. we saw, where they're adding, like, a ton more heroes. Well, a ton more quote-unquote official guardians now where like karen gilligan's character nebula and michael rooker's character uh that i can't remember but needless (laughs) to say it's gonna be fantastic i'm really looking forward to it both were just great and i love i love like the little 80s themes going on like I really like that about Guardians 1 but Guardians 2 is doing the same thing only just like ramping up similar to Stranger Things you know it's got that nice cultural uh twist to it and it's really cool Craig my favorite thing about the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer was Drax they seem to be going all out with his humor what did you think of the trailer that premiered at the Super Bowl I love I love Baby Groot first of all love him just absolutely adore him I think like he's terrific I think he should be in a movie with Scrat and and the Minions but Drax is just Drax is just awesome that character is just is one of the best ever he just uh, the fact that he's so literal which reminds me of someone who leads this podcast often um, now so, now uh, <laughs> and, but yeah I have never been literal in my life ever. You've never not been literal, as far as oh. I can ever see. <laughs> the tra- the trailer is good. The movie looks like it's going to be even better than the first, though. I don't know how it could be, but it just looks like an immense fun, and it's something that Marvel never forgot. We need to have fun in these movies. You can't just see a movie. It's got to have some serious stuff. It's got to have some fun stuff, and this one looks like it's got it all. So, definitely looking forward to that one. 
Mel, let's talk about Stranger Things because that trailer was awesome, but we have to wait till Halloween. Why can't this be for summer? Why can't we have it this summer like we did last summer and it was amazing? But no, it's Halloween. And there's Ghostbusters. Right? Which I love. The trailer, it was so short, but it was so good. It told so much. In just that little bit of time, you know, you kind of see where, uh oh, the upside down is definitely and the demagogue is coming back for Will because you see him, the door opens and all this craziness going on. And why not? Arata is still a little bit outside of her mind, but that's kind of where well, we like her. She's that way in real life, too. It's not exactly. even it's not even on the show. If you watched her at what was it, the Golden Globes or the SAG Awards? Well, during that acceptance oh, speech, her were I saw a meme on Facebook or Twitter where someone had animated flying pieces of pizza <laughs> that went to her eyes as they're going all over the place. It was awesome. I loved it. I am, I will say, I am a little disappointed that we have to wait all the way until Halloween because I'm like, oh, come on, guys. You're making a way. That's a year plus for, you know, more episodes from when it originally aired because it definitely aired this summer. So I'm like, this past summer. And I'm like, oh, I have to wait so long. But I guess it gives people more more time to, you know, finally watch those little eight episodes, those little scraps they gave us the eight episodes making me want more. So I'm excited. Cannot wait. Those kids are fantastic. I was so happy they got that upset win at the SAG Awards. They definitely deserved it, so I'm all about it. Craig, yeah, is... what did you think of the trailer? Oh, loved it, of course. The kids the kids are terrific. The idea was the idea was awesome to begin with. I mean, I, I just can't find anything wrong with it. When you can't find anything wrong with the with the show, you know you you have something just amazing. And so once again, like you guys, I'm uh, iterating reiterating that to have to wait till uh halloween that is absolutely criminal it's absolutely cruel and unusual punishment like unusual punishment life is unfair (laughs) doesn't mean we have to like it though dan what did you think of the stranger things trailer oh absolutely fantastic i i'm so pumped but i feel like they're gonna they're going to keep dropping more and more like little hints or posters or photos or trailers or something to tie us over because there's no way that little clip is going to hold us over until Halloween. Like I'm, I'm hoping for more. I'm hoping for a bigger, like a bigger episode count. Maybe, you know, Mm. these are, these are just like little things that I'm kind of just like, come on, come on. Uh, but in all honesty, Winona Ryder, still fantastic. David Harbour, still great. The kids are fantastic. I'm interested to see them bring back Eleven. I saw some of the production shots where she's got that like new hairstyle. Yeah, she's so, got a curly wig. Yeah. Oh, cool. That was awesome. The Ghostbuster stuff, great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Dan, also we had come out um, this last week the Iron Fist trailer. And in it, it's like The Last Defender, which, of course, we're waiting for that show to premiere, but we hadn't actually seen a live-action trailer for Iron Fist yet. Now we have it, and there is more action in that trailer than I think was in Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage combined. What did you think of the trailer? I don't think anyone's ready for this show. 
it, it's gonna be like just action-packed every five minutes like just people punching it and kicking and beating the hell out of each other it's gonna be so great um i i really like the trailer i like that it doesn't necessarily like it tells some of danny Rand's story but it doesn't give everything away like yeah he was lost in the mountains and there was the whole plane crash and then he studied uh martial arts and stuff like that and that's all really cool and fantastic but it was giving me a little bit of Arrow vibes, I'm not going to lie, because it was like, oh, I've been gone for five years, and now I'm back, and this is my company. And I'm like, oh, where have I... But where, you know how, oh, to be fair, there were a whole lot of comics that used that premise back in the day. This is not uh, unique to any one comic uh, book character. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, Batman, Green Arrow, uh, Iron Fist, This is this is old hat. I'm just saying, like... This, this, seeing Marvel put its own spin on this DC trope is going to be really cool to watch and see how it incorporates itself into the greater Netflix Marvel universe, because I'm really interested to see how they have Luke Cage interact with him. I, I don't think he's going to be in like the show proper, but once the Defenders hits, I mean, those two are supposed to be best friends. Well, and see, that's what I was, I think I was listening to the Geeks Out podcast, and they were saying that um, they would just, I, I think it was that podcast, I, but they were saying, like, after this season of Iron Fist, they just want Luke Cage and Iron Fist to be combined into one show. Which I was like, you know, considering their comic book history, that might not be a bad idea. Absolutely. I think that'd be really cool. Plus, it would give a chance to really highlight a lot of like the differences between them and how it doesn't affect their friendship. I mean, Luke Cage embodied a lot of the Harlem culture. Like he was the defender of the entire neighborhood. And Danny Rand comes from a very rich upbringing. So it's like this nice social commentary type situation that could really highlight a lot of different types of issues. Craig, what did you think of the trailer? Please, no island stuff. No flashback. <laughs> as long as I'll love this show. It looks it looks good. Though he his look is kind of distracting for me. I'm not real fond of his look. I am just as long as there's none of that crap that I have to watch the island three well, to four there's times. Gonna every some, there's gonna be some there's gonna be a few flashbacks about his there has to be with his training there has to be with the plane crash i mean we're not going <laughs> to be able to avoid those the the key with this though is show i don't want i don't want half of it on some island somewhere that i don't give a damn about and the trailer so, the trailer doesn't look like that and to be fair if they do it for the i'm okay for it with one season but if we're five seasons in and still having flashbacks that's oh, when God, i have a problem God. oh yeah my so. name is danny rand <laughs> And I I come from a background when I was a, just a young kid watching all of the really old kung fu stuff, you know, the five the five fingers of death and the old the old Bruce Lee stuff, you know, the Big Boss and the uh, all that. So I come from that tradition. So I anything that's kung fu is gonna uh, kung fu or or karate is gonna get me. So I'm all in on this one. I just I want it to be uh, <laughs> I want it to be well I wanted this to be. Bruce Lee, obviously, but obviously it can't. So it's got to be the guy in the comic book. So I'm okay with that. Uh, but yeah, I'm just uh, Matrix. Love Matrix. Love love uh, the whole vibe this thing puts out. Kill Bill. Love it all. Love it all. So I'm I'm 
I'm a hundred percent. And this movie's gonna have to, or this TV show is gonna have to be terrible for me not to to watch it. Now, Mel, you've been on mm. Daytime Confidential for many years as a co-host, mm. sure. so you know that I have an affinity for old divas. And in this trailer, Madame Gao, Madame Gao <laughs> was in there, <laughs> and she's like, she was like. Danny Rand does not need to be in this city. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's one of my favorite villains from the Daredevil universe. So to see her in this made me extremely happy. What did you think of the trailer? Honestly, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, this is one of Luke's gals here. Oh, oh, that's right up his alley. Um, I'm excited uh, to see Iron Fist. I'm not too familiar with Iron Fist. I only know a little bit, so I'm definitely kind of excited to start a new venture here. So Okay, which brings us to Pirates of the Caribbean. Mel, this is about the only series that I still want to see Johnny Depp in. This last <laughs> week I was watching TV and there was some sort of Dior commercial where he's out in the desert and he finds this Dior and he's looking as like unkept and unclean as he usually looks because everybody want to, wants to smell like Dior or like Johnny Depp. And then I went back and looked. This thing has been out since 2015. And I said, well, obviously they had amazing sales because this is the first time I've seen this commercial. But he only looks slightly more cleaned up in that commercial than he did covered in mud in the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, trailer. What would you think of it? I'm excited to see it. Um, I really like the series, the Pirates of the Caribbean series, I think they've done a great job. And I admittedly didn't even see the last one they had. I think Penelope Cruz was in it, and I, mm, I don't know, I wasn't interested. But this one actually looks exciting, like the last, like the first three they had. So we'll see how it goes. Dan, are you a Pirates fan? I am a Pirates fan, but I, when they announced that they were doing a fifth one, I was like, oh, let it die. Let this movie series die, please. <laughs> But then they announced that they were bringing back Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley. And I was like, okay, if you bring those two back, I'm in. But it, it, it looked all right. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see more of, like, the Dutchman side of things with uh, Will. Yeah, see, and, that, th that is what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, I really don't need more uh, Jack Sparrow stuff or even Barbosa or... I'm, I'm sorry, Captain Jack Sparrow. I mean, this is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, make sure everyone goes and checks out Michael Bolton's Netflix special because that that that's a thing apparently. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What? Like, I I've seen the trailers for it, but I you've totally lost me on the connection to this. Lonely Island. The oh, Jack Sparrow. Okay, got it. Yeah, this is a this is a joke there. Anyways, so <laughs> I'm never literal ever. <laughs> Uh, it's all good. <laughs> oh boy, um, but yeah, no, it should be it should be a good time. I kind of hesitant because this series isn't super good with villains. Uh, so hopefully Javier Bardem brings it. Craig, what do you think of the Pirates trailer? Well, if you know me, you know I'm a fifty fifty. I love I love the first two movies and hated the last two movies, particularly the one. I, I defined this to someone recently. The one. Uh, film is all foreplay and no finish. You know the one I'm talking about, where they line up all the ships on either side of this whirlpool and they never battle. The maelstrom. I hated that. Pardon? Yeah, on either side of the maelstrom. Yes, exactly. I just, I absolutely 
Um, absolutely hated that movie. Just absolutely. If this one leans toward the original, it's dark, it's it's funny, but has that bite to it. I'm all in. If not, I, I'm pulling my chips out. I'm just and walking home. I'm telling you, uh, it's got to be. This has got to go back to its roots. Or, or and it looks like it may be doing that in this trailer. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now. So I'm going to say it's probably going to be good. And I'm I'll be there the first day to see it, of course. But we'll just have to put a little reserve on it just in case. Now, Craig, um, I know you're an Ant-Man fan. This last week, Michael Douglas confirmed that he's going to be um, returning to that franchise. Are you looking forward to it? I yeah, I'm absolutely stoked. I mean, I don't know how they could have done this any better from taking him back to the like the, the original Ant-Man and bringing him in uh, and then bringing Paul Rudd in. They just handled that beautifully. It's, so it's the Ant-Man I remember, um, meaning, meaning of course, Michael the Douglas is the Ant-Man. And, uh, as well. Oh, yeah, the man, the guy I remember, brilliant, uh, kind of an action guy, can punch even though he's 100 years old. I mean, everything about this this series just just screams money, 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 fun, 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 fun. And it's I think that I can watch that Ant-Man movie 50 times and I'm sure the new one looks the new one looks great. The uh, the idea is great. I wanted to see Michael Douglas back. I don't want to see him dead. Uh, I don't want him seeing Harrison Ford dead. I want him to die naturally eventually um, <laughs> not to see him die in this movie. So let, as long as they don't do that, I, I'm, I'm there. And I think Paul Rudd and um, is just terrific in the role, better than I ever would have expected. I mean, he's far better even than Tobey Maguire was as the first Spider-Man. Uh, and I didn't like that idea either. I didn't like this idea. It turned out to be great. Uh, both of them turned out to be. Uh, Paul Rudd tended to just knock it out of the park compared to yeah, even Tobey Maguire, who did a pretty good job. But, yeah, I am I think this one's going to be just lots of fun. And they've done a great job. Even in the Avengers movie, they did a great job with the character. Okay. The, the new Ant-Man character. So hopefully now- they improve the suit. Now, Dan, you're my go-to guy for anything Power Rangers. There's a new poster this last week. I know week. Power Rangers, too, but old-school Power Rangers. Okay, okay, well, that will be good. Let because me pass, we'll, like, Turbo. We'll, I don't know anything past that, but before that, I got you. Well, then, okay. I want, then I want both of your opinions on the new Power Rangers uh, poster. Oh, no. Dan? You have to ask me, too. Don't leave me out. You watch Power Rangers? <laughs> Who didn't watch the Power Rangers? Craig, <laughs> why would oh, Craig watch like, the Power I Rangers? Did, I did Rangers. Okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. Kids and grandkids. Remember, children and grandchildren. Okay. I watch lots so, of Dad, as someone who actually hosted a podcast about Power Rangers for 300 and some episodes, what was your thoughts on the the trail uh, the poster? Uh, the poster looks good. Uh, they're giving us a lot of different angles to the Zords and stuff, and getting to see how they're marketing, uh, like the U.S. posters versus the U.K. posters is kind of cool because in certain shots they're highlighting more of Elizabeth Banks as Rita, which she, from what I'm hearing, she's knocking it out of the park with this. Her and Brian Cranston brought it, and it, Brian Cranston playing Zordon. Dacra Montgomery as Jason, who's going to also be a new character in season two of Stranger Things, uh, is just knocking it out of the park. Uh, it, it's going to be an awesome time. I, I'm very, I'm cautiously hopeful and optimistic, which for as a Power Rangers fan is a very difficult position to be in because the show isn't doesn't always love you back as much as you love it. 
Like sometimes it could just be terrible. Overall, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good time. Hopefully it does well because Lionsgate wants to make a ton more of these and they're setting up for an entire universe. So and considering considering they're what because aren't they the ones behind the Divergent series that sort of bombed in the last couple episodes uh, couple releases and they want to yeah. even have one go to TV and that's not going over well. They need some franchises. Mel, I did mm-hmm. not know you were a Power Rangers fan, but yes, when I look, I am a '90s kid. You can't be a '90s kid and not be a Power Rangers fan. Okay, well, looking at this poster, my thought was this just looks like late version Transformers more so than Power Rangers. Beast Wars. <laughs> yeah, That's Beast Wars. You Thank you. Yeah. So to me, when I'm looking at this, okay, Transformers knockoff, but I'm not a Power Rangers fan, and no, I didn't see, grow up watching it. You so you can't say that. You can't. Well, okay. Then, can I say Voltron? Can I say Voltron knockoff? You could say Voltron knockoff. Yeah, that... yeah, yeah. I give you that. I give you that. Yeah. That no, makes I sense. love the Power Rangers, especially the original Power, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, that's my jam right there. So when I saw that they were making a live action one with Brian Cranston and Elizabeth Banks and all these other people, I was like, okay. I was a little cautiously optimistic, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, I'm in. I am so in. I have to go see this. I have to see how it's redone with actual good technology because as you know the original body board for power rangers they did the best they could and that's all i'm gonna say about that but i still love it i mean don't get me wrong i'll go watch it on netflix but they did the best they could they had a paper clip some clay and some miniatures and they did the best they could and i watched it every week when i was five but that's not the point okay I I am definitely excited to see how it goes, to see how the universe evolves. Um, I love the update to Alpha. Zordon looks great. Rita Repulsa is always my favorite. And even, you know, maybe they bring in Lord Zed or somebody. I, I'm excited to ha- see how they'll do, um, what's his name, Goldar. Um, I, I cannot wait. I'm nope. super excited. Craig, as a grandfather, apparently you have something to say about Power Rangers. Yes, I thought it was one in the days when I first sat down with my kids or grandkids to watch this thing. It looked like the silliest thing in the world. Some of the, some of the martial arts was fine, but I just laughed my butt off watching this thing. I mean, it was so hilarious, so funny, and so unrealistic, campy, hokey, silly, all that kind of stuff. But I am actually excited about the new Power Rangers. I've watched the trailers half a dozen times now. It looks like it might be something good to watch, something for geeks like me to thoroughly enjoy. Again, as I always say, check your brain in at the door, walk in and just have some fun. I think it's probably going to be a good popcorn movie. I don't know any I don't know any damn thing about any of the characters you guys mentioned. I don't know anything about all of that. I was a Zord Power Ranger Zord for Zord. Halloween. Like that's how deep my my Power Ranger. Dan, Dan, go. did, did you ever go as a Power Ranger for Halloween? Because if you didn't and hosted a podcast, Mel just beat you. <laughs> I I feel like I went three or four times, and also when I got to college and signed and did some marketing stuff with the people who make Power Rangers, they sent us. Uh, Morphin suits, you know, like those big green suits that cover your face. They sent us Power Rangers versions of those, and I I own two of them that they gave away for free. I I would show up at like sporting events as the as green the... Power Ranger. Uh, no, I I had the blue uh, one. You 
the the I, White I, Ranger. That's the one you want to be. You don't want to be the Green Ranger. He was a traitor. Forget him. We want yeah, the that's White right. <laughs> that much I didn't. Well, <laughs> I am going into this movie with a completely open mind, but low expectations. Be, because if it if it's fun, then I'll just have a blast with it. Plus, Bill Hader is going to be fantastic as Alpha. Oh yeah. Oh. Now. He's all- a couple weeks ago, Craig, uh, when we had the Riverdale uh, um, Focus podcast and Jamie was on, at the end of the podcast, we discussed the new uh, Fox uh, Mutant Marvel series that they were developing. We got some casting uh, news. Blair Redford um, has been cast. He's going to play Sam, a strong-headed Native American leader of the Underground Network. Now, this is the one that's going to focus on two ordinary parents who discovered their children possess mutant powers and then have to go on the run from a hostile government. Have you watched Blair Redford in anything? I know I have um, because he was in a series on USA called Satisfaction where he basically played a male gigolo. So I've seen him in that. And I know he was on Switched at Birth on ABC Family before that, but I wasn't sure if you were familiar with him at all. I just want to ask him if he's... Have he, has he tried not being a mutant? <laughs> I don't know anything about Blair Redford. I saw I saw his picture when when I discovered he was going to be the character, and he looks he looks fine. I, I'm reserving judgment if he can act, and he does a pretty good job in the role. I'll be all in. Okay. I was I was surprised at the gentleman who paid, played Ghost Rider. I think he did a wonderful job on Mar uh, on the uh, Agents of Shield, the Marvel, the Agents of Shield show. Thought he did great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out for this guy being as equally good because they do do a pretty good job of picking their cast. Mel, this last week on Timeless, we had a cameo by General Hospital favorite or former General Hospital mm-hmm. favorite Brandon Barash. What did you think of him in the episode? Can we go back for a second? Because okay. Blair Redford wasn't he Scotty Granger on The Young and the Restless? He was more right. fun, right? Ooh, That's yeah, where I that... remember him from. Okay. I know I'd seen him somewhere before Satisfaction, mm-hmm. but I didn't watch Switched at Birth. But since I've blogged com- like trailers for it, I figured that that's where it was. But you're right. He, I think he was. He on was the... Lawrence Sun. Yes, that's right. Maybe ten minutes. Exactly. He didn't stay long. <laughs> no. Nope. I remember him on that. So, so I remember. But he wasn't a bad actor. But anyways, not the point. Timeless. Um. Yes, I thought Brandon Barash did a great job as Ernest Hemingway. You know, Hemingway was a drunk and he played it well. So I was definitely all about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say nothing else. I wanted to say a lot more, but I didn't. That's all I'm saying, okay? <laughs> uh, Dan, did you watch Timeless this last week? I have not. You I haven't caught so- up. I haven't gotten caught up yet. I will. Shame I, on you. Shame. I'm, I'm Shame. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to get a Prison bell. Break. I'm finishing Prison Break before uh, April when the new season comes out. Okay. I mean, Craig, what, what did... What did you think of Ernest Hemingway? Oh, I thought I Harry Houdini is my favorite. I think so far, but I thought Ernest Hemingway fit the character extremely well. I think the I think his acting was pretty good. Uh, I would like to have I would like to have seen him be a bigger character because Papa Hemingway is a massive character. But I think having said that, not giving him a big role like I wanted them to, I think it was fine. I'd have no problem with his with. Uh, with his uh, performance, I have no problem with him as Papa Hemingway. He just didn't seem larger than life, and I've always expected Hemingway to be larger than life. Houdini kind of was. He was pretty, pretty 
terrific in the uh, the episode in that episode. So my favorite cameo so far has been Ian Fleming when they had him on during the uh, World War Two. I can totally understand that. that. That was a good character as well. But again, Houdini just seemed like Houdini to me. So, but yeah, this episode I love the episode. I love the, I love uh, seeing all of not just Hemingway. But just like in the the episode with uh, with uh, Houdini, all these characters, all these literary characters. I am, you know, I have a minor in history, English, and and minor in history and all this stuff. I love the I love the history of it. I love the, the all those great characters. Is it Josephine Baker? Right. That's that was the. Oh the yes, they were in she the the Renaissance. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, she was awesome. That's exactly the way I expected her to be. I mean, she was a great character. I and mean, I so- love how Rufus had such a crush. He was like, oh, my God, it's Josephine Baker. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, exactly. What, and then uh, his the the other guy who was the fill-in for the agent was like, that's some vintage porn. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. I did, Honest to God. Um, so with all of those characters, all the characters I read about and all the, the novels I've read that these people have, have written and all the stories it just, that was just a great episode for me so i'm a little biased toward that specific episode because of all of that that was going on dan the arrowverse this last week had them globe trotting to russia yes yes they did and um, more flashbacks and with more talia flashba- al ghul yeah talia al ghul talia al ghul this is probably one of my favorite portrayals of her. Like, this is, is definitely better than the Batman movie. Yeah, like, oh. I would agree. Because she's she's trying so hard to, like, mold and shape Oliver. And use, like, all of, like, the dark aspects of his character and kind of channeling it for good purposes kind of thing. It's really interesting, and it was cool to see Dinah's dynamic with the team. I still think it's so crazy and coincidental. Oh, my name is Dinah. Okay. But Dinah Drake was a character back in the 60s, so it's like, all right, fine. Um, But I I especially appreciated the scenes we got between uh, Quentin Lance and Renee. That was so just him prepping uh, Quentin up for the interview. And then later on, you find out that when Quentin was a beat cop, uh, Renee was tagging a building and it kind of convinced him to turn his life around and kind of inspired him. It was just a lot of cool moments. Plus like, I, I, I don't know how you guys felt about this and I'd love to hear your thoughts, but what the heck a nuke goes off and now Rory can't be Ragman? I crazy. see. I was only I only got halfway through the episode because I was watching it as I was preparing podcast notes. So you just spoiled the episode for me. Oh, uh, though I did have. Oh, a, I'm sorry. Though I did have a question for you because in this Berlanti DC universe, Arrow is basically Batman. Yeah, that, in that in the real world or original world continuity or whatever you want to say in the world where Batman actually exists. Mm-hmm. Talia and him have a son called Damien. So here's my question. Would you like there to be a Oliver and Talia Damien, or would that just be heresy for you? Uh, I, I think that would get a little messy, but 
it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities given how many women Oliver slept with while he was away for five years. <laughs> well, and see, my thought was it might also be a little In bit redundant. years, he slept with more women than I did my entire life. I'm telling you that right now. That guy got around. <laughs> and my thought, though, would be if they did pursue it, it might be a little bit redundant from the storyline where he had the secret son that he found out about a little bit later. But there have been so many memes and spoofs online about how Oliver is Batman, but with a bow and arrow that when I was watching it, I was like, I wonder if we're going to get a Damien at some point. Mel, you were watching yeah. the flash this last week. Oh, mm-hmm. What did you think? Wally's getting, Wally's coming into his own, but Joe finally found out about Iris. It was going to happen sooner or later, so it came to a point where, come on, we have to tell him. Like, you can't just keep him in the dark the whole time. I mean, this is his daughter, after all. We have to let him know that Barry accidentally ran into the future for the millionth freaking time and saw Iris die. So, he is, every five seconds, this dude is running into the future. And, oh, I got to go change. Oh, I messed up again. Quick, run into the future. Like, not the point. Um, So, I... It was good that he finally knows, but you know, Joe worries. So I want to see, you know, how that is going to play out. And I agree about, you know, Wally Kid Flash coming into his own a little bit. You know, he's trying to patch up Flash. He's like right there, but he can't quite get there. So we'll see. Well, that more. would de- defeat like, the purpose of Barry being the fastest man alive. <laughs> Though yeah. all of his all of his villains are faster. I'm like, yeah, fastest <laughs> man alive in this Earth, but what about in Earth 27? Like, come on. So, I don't know. I I like the way everything's going so far on the Flash. So we'll we'll see how the villain goes this I, go around. How he'll figure out how to defeat him. Oh yeah. The only problem right now, the only problem I have with Flash is the and I love saying this, so I'm gonna say it. The Deus Ex Machina, where if anything if anything goes awry, you can always go to another universe and grab somebody to help out. So mm-hmm. I have a little problem with this. Uh, kind of cl- uh, clever way that you can get help when there is no help to be had. So, but you're right, Mel. They're gonna, they're absolutely gonna find a way to defeat whatever villain there is to defeat, or there is no comic book movie. It's, yeah, it's yeah. one of those. I don't know what they're called. Uh, is it a trope? I don't know that word very well. So, where, where nobody ever really dies in a comic book, they can always come back no matter what uh, happened yeah. to them. That'd be uh, yeah. yeah. That's a trope, right? Mm-hmm. Same yeah. thing with this there's always going to be some way you can always figure out a way to get out of something. And they do it in movies constantly. They got comic book movies. It's just always some way that they're going to be rescued. So uh, it's just clever. The clever way that they do it is the real key. So uh, yeah, he'll, they'll find a way to defeat it. And there'll probably be more speedsters though. There's already one or two or 10 too many, but Oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) now I am so pumped for next week though with gorilla city. That oh is my gonna, gosh, that trailer looks so awesome. That trailer looks awesome. And Jesse shows up at the very end, and, he, and she's and he's Wally's trying to tell like I'm a speedster too, but Jesse's like my dad's been kidnapped by Grodd. <laughs> I just love how Jesse's like, look, like, yeah, that's nice and all. I don't really care. So about my dad, <laughs> Dan, what'd you think of Supergirl this last week? It was kind of interesting the way they were going about the the Martian Manhunter, White Martian, um, you know, Miss Martian kind of situation where, oh, there's a, there's a White Martian that's come down and is going to uh, take out 
uh, Jean Jones and stuff, played by uh, One Life to Live, Guiding Light, and Young and the Restless alum, Terrell Tilford, um, who is oh, still... Oh, Lord, I forgot he was all, he was on all those shows, and he was bad <laughs> on every one of them shows, and they still yep. Okay, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Keep going, I apologize, I'm rude. Mel, no, no, it's fine. He was terrible in this. Oh, he was chewing scenery. Oh my god. He was the one it... that went running through the halls, right? Yes. Uh, yes. 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 Away. He'd be running away from his scenes because he couldn't. Oh. Yeah. Um, terrible. When Dan Uh-oh. was ta- talking a while back about how he'd been cast and he was chuckling, I just was like, I do not want to think about this because I know that it's going to be uh, problematic. Sounds like it was, because I'm behind on Supergirl, so it sounds like it was. Uh, He wasn't even in that many scenes, but when he was speaking, it was just kind of like... (sighs) It was like... Uh, like a stereotypical trope of what soap actors are supposed to sound like versus how they actually sound like just regular normal dialogue where everything is super dramatic and oh my gosh you are here and you are protecting the green martian look at me i'm acting poorly yes (laughs) yeah oh (laughs) it was so bad it was so so bad but and he kept threatening earth and then there was some shape-shifting go- like the shape-shifting stuff was fine but and i really liked having win as like because he shape-shifted into win at one point and so we got win fighting everybody which was great um but and we also got him shape-shifting into or another white martian shape-shifting into alex which was kind of cool but overall I'm glad that John Jones and McGann Morgan got together at the very end, even though it's a little messy with the comics and Young Justice, where they're supposed to be uncle and niece. Yeah, if you if you've watched other... if you've watched that, but that technically the Young Justice is set in a different universe, so very true. <laughs> I'm just saying that that gets things a little messy. But don't you think it was a little contrived too? Just a little too but... much. A little bit, but I mean, for for a species that has been alone in the universe for as long as they have, you know, it it makes sense from that perspective of like just wanting to bond with another person. But do you think they'll end up together? Oh, they're already together at this point. Okay. By the end of the episode, they had their first kiss. So I'm like, oh yeah, I right. saw that. But I got that sense that she's going to be going back to to save her people, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, no, she's definitely doing that, but I'm sure she'll be back. There's no okay. way she won't be back. Yeah, pretty good episode. Just like Terrell Tilford needs to stop. Just no. <sighs> Some people just keep getting work even, but there's no explanation for it. Craig, this last week FX premiered uh, its new uh, X-Men world-based series, Legion, which follows... David Haller, who is Xavier's son. This being on FX, I always give FX shows a chance, but the problem that I run into with FX shows is that sometimes, while I love the stylization and I tune in and I see the stylization, sometimes their continuity and their plot devices in their episodes throw me off. 
And this premiere, which is a longer premiere, was pretty trippy. And it's about an hour and a half long. Yeah, it was pretty trippy. And I almost didn't make it through it because I was like, okay, there's <laughs> how many. Like, I, I almost felt like I needed to be on something to watch the, pilot, the, the hour and a half pilot premiere so that I could then understand three quarters of it. Because for me, the best part was the last, say, seven to ten minutes where they're escaping and then all of a sudden, things actually seemed X-Men-ish for me in terms of like you're seeing the powers displayed, you're, you're being set up for the rest of the season. But the hour and 20 minutes that it took to get to that point was just sort of a head case. And well, I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I really hope that we don't have many of those again in the future. Well, you understand why he's supposed to be paranoid schizophrenic. So through that entire episode, I got the fact that he didn't know what was real and what wasn't. And they and did a was... good way of they did a good way or they were very good at executing that. I just felt that it seemed like it was too long because at some point I began questioning whether or not I should be watching the show or if I still was watching the show or if I was actually somehow in the show. It just became a little bit too much. I could not, I'm sitting here thinking this whole thing, I, I wonder if Luke actually got through this whole thing. because it's I not the almost kind of thing. didn't make it. Because it is exactly what I expected from you. I expected you to say that. Even, even I, at some point, got fed up with the, is it real, is it not real, is he in his own mind, is he, is he, I mean, when, when he switched identities with the girl and then he ends up himself, I, don't, I still, to this moment, don't really understand that. He basically kissed a girl, switched identities with her, and he's running around with breasts. That one, I'm gonna. But have to he's watch not it running. Again. He's not running around in the female's body, which you could then have like him, like his voice thinking, so that you knew it. it well, was... it showed him in the female's body, and then it showed him not in the. Female's exactly, body. that was the thing. So, so it was, it was like... like this brief moment where he shows up as her, and then it cuts back to him, and you don't know if he's still in her body or if he's what's going on. It was. And I thought maybe she, maybe that's a is that supposed to be that girl supposed to be Rogue stealing his powers for a while or something? I mean that that crossed my mind. You know, Rogue mm -hmm. steals powers, she, and it does. It's like she steals his powers for a while, and she she destroys the the uh, the room that she's in in the uh, in the clinic. And uh, but having said all that, I mean it, it's it's a really interesting, but it does not seem like anything I've ever seen. It seemed more like it should be in a, the Stranger Things universe as opposed to the Marvel universe, at least to me. The, see, and my the, thought was the first the first part of the episode, like the first hour and 20 minutes, sort of reminds... <laughs> the first part! <laughs> the majority of, then, shall we majority say? Majority of, yeah. The majority of it reminded me a bit of Luke Cage with a slow build. Like, it was a really slow burn. And I feel like they could have shortened that down a little to get to the action quicker, but I understand what they had to do to to convey his like psychosis. I'm definitely going to tune in because the trailer for the rest of the season looks amazing. I mean, it just looks fantastic. I just can't put up with an hour and 20 minutes of that again. Hopefully you won't put up with any more of it. But the, the problem I have was the last 10 minutes I expected when, when that started, I expected it to be grounded. The one thing about Luke Cage, it was always grounded. You always knew this is reality. This is actually going on. But those last 10 minutes, it's either the special effects are really bad 
are they were intentionally trying to to make the audience think that he was still crazy and wasn't seeing reality. And I got this, I mean, some of the stuff that was going on just looked almost silly, the, the special See, effects, like I flying think, away. I actually thought that the last 10 minutes with the action where they have the mutant that is basically swiping people away with his hands, I thought that that was an act, a good execution of displaying mutant powers without be, having to spend a ton of money on CGI because you just knew that all those people were on some sort of ropes and he waves his hand and they get yanked across the thing. I actually thought that that was a clever way to do it to, from a budget standpoint. I the My question a little bit more came in when they had like the the rocks and the metal that were being thrown around. That right, exactly. part, that part seemed a little, and it was still him doing and, it by waving his hand, but that part didn't go as well. But then you get to the end, and spoiler to Mel and Dan if you haven't watched it, but Gene Smart shows up at the end, and I'm yes. like, I am totally in for the rest of this series, or for the rest of this season. I well, I they, will I will give anything that Gene Smart is in a chance to watch it, because between designing women and she is. She was in my favorite season of 24 when she played the first lady. I will, and then Frasier, I will watch anything. Oh, and then she was on uh, Fargo. I will watch anything she's in. <laughs> well, the, again, back back to the my point was that you know, the bullets flying everywhere, nobody gets hit until finally someone does. Uh, it just it, it again. I think they were trying to perpetuate that lack, that unreality of the scene. Um, and, but I love the last moment where he takes. That's the woman whose hand he took, correct? Yep. At the very end, he takes her hand, and she she tells him it's real. This is real. So I, I can't wait to see what the next episode is going to be like. If it if it ends up the way it seems like it's going to, uh, I'm going to be fine. But again, I they were trying to project an unreality because their the physics were suspended during that last ten minutes. Luke's talking about there was no no physics to it. It was all magic almost. So. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. It looks really interesting. If you can get through the first episode, I think you can probably get through the first season. But the first episode will maybe be a challenge for whoever tries to watch this. So be prepared. Well, I asked on Twitter um, for people's reactions to it. Uh, Rosalyn resp responded, I found uh, Legion riveting, exciting, and entertaining. So ready for the next episode. Mel, I'm going to really need you to catch up on Riverdale because this last week's episode was the best one so far, and I wanted to be able to discuss crazy women uh, with someone other than Craig because Craig and I have differing opinions about crazy women. But this last week, and I'm going to spoil this, and I apologize, Mel. Spoiler! Betty, oh my God. Betty had a test moment. And if you watch One Life to Live, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jess no. Best Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. Oh, so, no. This last week um, on the Riverdale. A, wait, wait. What the hell's a Tess moment? Okay. Tess so is a split personality. Live, yep. Okay. She has multiple personalities like her mother. She had multiple personalities as well. So when we oh. have a test moment, she has Jess, she has Tess, she had Bess, she had was she was like, even a man. She was a man at one point. Okay, she's just okay. she had a lot going on. All right. So this last week on Riverdale, and I can't wait to discuss this. So if just for the record, we will be discussing Riverdale on every episode. So Dan and Mel, if you ever want to know something that's going to be on the episode, Riverdale's going to be on it. Um, <laughs> 
first of all, Archie is pursuing his music career. There were further developments. We found out that Cheryl wasn't guilty of murdering her brother. She was guilty of lying about it, which I said last week. I knew there was no way she was going to be guilty of what they implied. Betty and Veronica had a story that was very socially relevant. Uh, basically, what happened is Veronica went out with one of the hot football guys, and he framed her. They didn't do anything other than a date and maybe a kiss, and he, he took a selfie of them and then said that she got a sticky maple. Now, I am not going to go into what that really means because it's not something that I'm going to discuss on this podcast. But needless to say, the episode progressed and Betty and Veronica discovered that all the jocks had been keeping a record of the women that they do stuff with and rank them on their sluttiness, shall we say. So and they were not necessarily actually doing stuff. Correct. That's the key. They're and not actually doing anything. Some of them the are. Some are of them aren't. Yeah. Yes. And so then they find out that not only did this happen to Veronica, but it also happened to a number of other girls in the school. And when the ledger is found that has all of these records on the notes from the, because this has been something that's been kept for a long time, Betty discovers that her sister Polly's name is listed in there, and it and the boy who was in, did it was Cheryl's brother, who's now dead. Jason. Correct, Jason. So we end up getting a plot. Betty comes up with a plot where she's going to get back. I think his name was Chad, if I'm remembering right. Chad for doing what he did to Veronica He's with captain, the captain of the football team and son of the coach. You have to know this. Correct. And son of the coach. So she comes up with this plot to get them back. And the plot is basically she's going to say that she's going to be a bad girl, go and try and get him to get in a hot tub. Betty gets him there with Veronica. Betty drugs his drink while he's in the hot tub. When he comes to, his hands are handcuffed to the side of the hot tub. And they get a video confession that he didn't do anything to Veronica or with Veronica to clear what he had um, put on social media about her. But then Betty, who's wearing this like really hot black wig, she's got like lace, a lace bra it looks on. looks like Mistress Betty. Is what yeah, it's, like. it's not what you think of Betty at all starts going into the deep end and starts basically calling Chad Jason. And she was referring to herself as like Polly. And it's like, admit what you did to me, admit what you did to me. So she's starting to go like Tesla. That's why I said with Tess from one life to live, she's going all Tess on this guy's ass. And I was like, after those scenes are over, I, I'm, I tweeted, I said, if Betty has a split personality on this show, Betty just became a whole lot more interesting. And later in the episode, when Veronica went and confronted about her, confronted her about it, Betty didn't remember it or denied that she remembered it. She said that she remembered have like Chad being there and getting Veronica's confession, but she didn't remember referring to herself as Polly. When I saw, like, in watching this episode, Betty, to me, all, like, the actress did a fantastic job, and I was getting total shades of January Jones vibe in this episode, and it's my favorite episode of Betty. Now, do I want good girl Betty to be going Tess all the time? No. 
but I thought the way that this ep- episode was executed and how they played it was great. Craig, um, I saw a lot of people on social media who were like, this is the Veronica I know and love. What did you think of the episode? Well, this is more than just that. This is Veronica in the comic books, as I recall, always seemed a little bit clueless as to what was going on around her. This one is not. Um, I mean, I'm talking about early Veronica now. Betty Betty was kind of the innocent girl. Veronica was, was more the, the, uh, the mean girl, but she never was real knowledgeable about what was going on. She was kind of clueless about, I mean, I'm sure she's clueless about much of what was going on. This one is not clueless about anything. She said, this, this ain't going to happen. This will not stand. So in that case, yeah, it is, it is the old Betty because, Be- or excuse me, the old Veronica, she would have gone after anybody, but even more so. So uh, this, and you knew it was coming. You knew she was going to take, take them down. It just didn't, you know, I didn't know how. And to get to get uh, uh, Betty involved as the substitute Polly, I thought was amazing. It was it was brilliant. But yeah, this is this is more of the old, more of the old Veronica, but who who knows really what's going on? So, yeah, I agree. I asked on Twitter for people's reactions to it. Um, longtime Daytime Confidential listener uh, JBB uh, responded, "It was the best episode yet. Betty and Veronica are the most interesting characters on the show." but Archie is a snore. Now, for me, I actually really enjoyed Archie's story. I like the fact that you have so much girl power on the show with Betty, Veronica, Cheryl, all of those girls. But I like that Archie's storyline with his music writing isn't just about him being caught between these girls. It's about something that he's actually pursuing. I also like the fact that it provides a good dynamic for him and his dad. I think that some teen shows don't do parents well. And so far, this show has had the right blend of child and parent interactions, whether it be Betty with her mom, whether it, um, and to a lesser extent her dad, whether it's Veronica with her mom and Archie with his dad. I've really enjoyed that. What did you think of what do you think of the criticism that Archie is a bit of a snore on this as opposed to the girls, Craig? Well, you and I have discussed this a lot. Well, Archie is 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 what I call a white bread character where where basically he's just there and everything is happening to him and he has to react. He's not a proactive character. So what will happen is I love his relationship with his dad, his relationship with the girls and everything, but he's going to have to react to things. Now, this character will have to develop over time as it did in the comic books, as it does in any other, any other movie series or TV series, as he grows, like his relationship with the pussycats in this, uh, you already see him coming out of his, his kind of little bubble box. Pardon? His bubble. His bubble. He's coming out of his bubble. He's reaching out. I mean, he's had a lot of stuff happen to him. Stuff he doesn't even understand yet. And that's pretty much a teen, a 16-year-old boy. That's why I was. That's why you were. That's why most teenage boys are. They all this stuff is starting to happen to them with the change of the body, the change of this, you know, his relationship with girls, all that kind of stuff. It's all changing, and and guys don't like changes that much. So it, it's all happening to him. But I think it's good. I think it's a great start for him. I think he'll grow into a terrific character. And I think this step into um, he goes to the pussycat. Uh, the pussycats and and asks for some help with his music and of course the the main pussycat comes back and says 
eh, I'm not so sure, but they gave him a chance. And sure enough, he comes through. So this is the first step in that greater world uh, that, that he's looking into. And so the clueless kid that everything is happening to is going to end up being part of these other other environments that he's never he's never really realized were out there. I also asked on Twitter about people's reaction to Riverdale because we got a huge response. Lots of people downloaded the episode. People have been ask, talking about it on Twitter. So I asked, and Rosalyn, who I mentioned earlier with Legion, replied, better every week. And how surprising was Betty morphing into Polly? Uh, another longtime listener, Katie, replied, I can't think of anything I don't like. I even like Betty's awful mom. And Betty's awful mom... Alice is one of my favorites of the parents because I don't know what that story is, but I am totally there for whatever that story is revealed because she just seems to have a chip on her shoulder about everybody. It doesn't matter who you are unless you are her husband or her daughter. She just is willing to throw anybody under the bus. Oh yeah. And with, with, yeah, she and kick them when they're, when they are, I mean this, yeah, she's, I knew she'd be your favorite character. Look, that's that's you all over. Oh, thanks. Uh, Dan <laughs> and Mel, as we wrap this podcast up, did you have anything else in Geek this last week that you really wanted to enjoy that we haven't discussed? Dan, you first. Uh, well, I, I just wanted to thank Mick Rory for giving George Washington his balls back. Because, holy <laughs> cow, Legends was fantastic. So cool. You had the relationship developing. I was a little, like, a little peeved that they had the Nate-Amaya relationship moving this fast, this quickly. I was kind of hoping for a little bit of a slow burn due to her being from the past. But Nate kind of, like, it, it, it kind of was, inter- it, it was okay. Like, I'll, it's like, all right, fine, whatever. Um, but Evil Rip is fantastic. It's so entertaining to watch him just not give a crap about anyone and like shooting Sarah and then fighting Jax. It's just, it's so great. It didn't even matter that this was a Christmas special in the middle of February. I was okay with it. (laughs) Everything about it was great. And yeah, so it was a good week. All I know is I need Mick to be the voiceover at the beginning of the episode every single week because his sarcasm, I lived for it. Mel, what what else got you this last week in the world of geek? The Walking Dead returns tonight. I feel like I don't need to say anything else because I'm so excited that it is finally back. And all the kingdom, the savior, they're all supposed to merge tonight to take down Negan. I, I, I can't wait. I'm excited to see it. I miss my zombies. I miss people getting shot in the head. I know that makes me a little twisted, but that's fine. That's why I'm a geek. Um, I just I miss it all. I'm excited for it to come back tonight. That's interesting because, um, and since you weren't on later in the year, it, that ended up being a show that I took off my DVR, I think. I know I deleted the episodes. Really? And I mean, I know I Craig, know. Craig, told like me, Craig told me that he um, took it off his as well. So I'm in, I'm curious that you're really enthused about it. I can't wait to discuss it next week or the I just, week after. I, I didn't like the past, you know, whatever season we're in, 6A, let's call it. I I wasn't a fan, but I just I miss watching them on my TV. I think that's why I'm excited. I'm sure I'll hate it next week. It's not like Fear the Walking Dead where I just hate it. Um, I I actually do like the Walking Dead, so we'll we'll see how it goes because I didn't like the first half of the season, but hopefully they can recover. 
Craig, do you have a final thing in Geek this week? Well, first of all, I want to say, yeah, The Walking Dead, I watched it religiously, even in church, for all the years up till this year. I watched every episode twice, and I I stopped DVRing it after the first three three or four episodes this year and haven't watched it since. So if, if, if they redeem it, great. I'm hoping they do. Yeah, two things. And one of them, uh, yeah, either one of them fits kind of in the geek world, I think. John Wick 2 is out, and it is awesome. It's almost good, as good. Some people say it's better than the first one. So I was going to say, I've heard some people say it's better even. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can see why. I liked it just like if, if one is a, a, a 4.75, the other is a 4.5. That's how good they are. So, uh, I mean, it's it's really terrific. And the body count is up. So I heard the body count is 141 in this movie. It was in the high 80s in the last movie, uh, rumored anyway. I didn't sit to count them. I tried, couldn't do it, but it's it's terrific. It's great. I, I will going to go see it in the theater again uh, with some other people because I want to drag them to it so they become fans. The other thing is, and I think I can't imagine you're not kind of looking forward to this. Even I'm looking forward to it. And that is the TV show Feud. Oh, <laughs> honest, my. Yes. Okay. Honest to God. The little bit of the trailers I've seen, I am loving this. All About Eve is one of my weird, guilty pleasure favorite movies. It's got Marilyn Monroe. It's got Betty Davis. It's got a bunch of bunch of good stuff in it. I cannot wait to see this TV show. This is what I'm going to suspend all of my all of my pre- preconceived notions and sit down and watch this darn thing. Mel, when I saw when I saw those trailers, I thought to myself, I'll bet Mel is there for it. You know, I, because not only is it Ryan Murphy, but it's just a classic rivalry. It's old Hollywood. Anything old oh, Hollywood, yeah. you have my full attention. So, and these two could not stand each other. So <laughs> I am excited. They couldn't. Oh my God. Ben Davis used to put uh, Coke products. Yeah, all said all purpose because she knew that Joan Crawford's husband was in charge of Pepsi. Like the petty is strong with <laughs> these ladies. I cannot. Well, on that note, we would encourage you to comment at this episode on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find me at Luke underscore Kerr. Craig is at Maniac. Melody is at Melody Akles, all one word. And Dan, I don't remember yours. Dan Pierce, 42. Okay. On that note... Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, so long. Bye. I am acting. Poorly. Bye, all. Poorly. (laughs) 